Hello and welcome to the Chiefs Bros Podcast. It is week, uh, I've completely forgotten which week this is. 10? Uh, 11 or thereabouts. 11, double digits. Uh, and as we all predicted, anyone who's a Chiefs fan, the Chiefs have a three game lead in the AFC West and a tiebreaker over the Chargers and a one game lead in the AFC for the top spot. Yes, Andrew, uh, the Chargers' nose is hurting tonight. Would you like to know why? Yes. Because the door got slammed in their face. Boom. That's a good setup. Multimedia. Thanks. Didn't um, have a great door slamming noise there, but I'll work on it. Yeah. Uh, no, the the Chargers uh, preseason hype train, it's, it's been struggling for a while. Um, but now it's fully off the rails. I mean, it's been it's been chugging uphill on like half a cylinder for most of the season. Mm-hmm. After the Chiefs beat them for the first time. It's like the injured little train that can't make field goals. It's the it's the little train that could stay healthy. Yeah. And also kind of sucks. It's a sad book. Well, yeah. Not all children's stories are happy. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a cautionary tale about being a Chargers fan. So, um, Mama, don't let your boys grow up to be Charger fans, right? Don't do it. Otherwise, their stadium's going to be half full of Chiefs fans. Yep. Or more. Nothing but sadness. Nope, the Chiefs won in convincing fashion. Well, not convincing. It was a close game. I was convinced. Yeah. For what's worth. I was never... Well, okay. I was definitely convinced that the Chiefs won. I'll be honest. Heading into the game, I thought this was a pretty good chance to lose the game. Oh, yeah. No, it it was Uh, always going to be a close one. Because they got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back. Mm -hmm. For both games. Yeah. (laughs) Neither could stay healthy for too long. No. Um, And the Chiefs did not have Juju or McColl. Kind of and uh, lost Tony very early on. I don't think he recorded a single reception. Yeah. Uh, so we were down to like Justin Watson was like our wide receiver too. Sky Moore was running around out there. Uh, it was wild. I, I have two quick uh, trivia fun facts for you to express the situation with wide receivers. Go for it. Uh, number one, who do you think led the team in routes run? You know, I would say Justin Watson. You were correct. It was Justin Watson. He ran the most routes in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, would you like to take a guess at how many combined receptions the receiver court had? By which I mean wide receivers. Seven. Okay, well, you kind of ruined my thing. It was nine. Oh. Uh, but still nine. That's, that's, that's very few. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really like, I don't remember. I remember a whole lot of tight end plays. Like, this was a tight end game. Because that's kind of all we had. It was literally like... We're out of wide receivers. Let's start running our three tight end sets. Which is great because really our receivers or our tight ends can function pretty much like receivers. There were several times that like the ball was caught and I thought it was a receiver mm-hmm. and then up popped Jody Forza. It was a big, it's a big Forza night. It was a big Noah Gray night. Yeah, he had a good few, couple good catches. I'll, I'll admit, you know, I'm I'm not racist. I want to say that at the out front. Well, that's that's good. Uh, just for the listener at home. Yeah. Also not racist. Good. Now that we got that, established that, now that we got that, I have a hard time telling the difference between Noah Gray and Justin Watson, pretty frequently. Oh well, yeah, yeah. they're like 84, 80, 83. That's understandable. Like six foot three white guys. Now I want to know why in the world are we talking about all these other tight ends when Travis Kelsey has not even been mentioned in this podcast? I'll tell you why because we Chiefs fans, despite our our you know our efforts not to, have become. We've normalized Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but also Kelsey. Yes. 
Like he had like what three touchdowns last night? Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, it's Travis Kelsey. It was a, a ho hum night. He had six receptions, so fifty percent of his reception ended with a touchdown. Didn't he have a game this year with four touchdowns? Yes, he did. Okay. That was the Raiders game, was not the. Yes, I think so. Yeah, because we were at that. We know. Yeah, because we were there. Yeah. And he caught three touchdowns tonight. Every Chiefs touchdown tonight was Travis Kelsey, so that's fun. Their math's not working out. Three touchdowns, mm-hmm. 21 points, three field goals. Is that really how it happens? Okay. Yep. I assume there's another, another touchdown sneaking out there. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, yes, Travis Kelsey was the offense. Um, and it's surprising to me because uh, I think we said at the outset, like before this game in our podcast, we said accurately, usually, that J- Derwin James is one of the only players who can shut down Travis Kelsey in the league. Yes. And he tried, man. He did. He succeeded. For the most part, yeah. it's just the times when he didn't succeed, he really, really did succeed. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, on most, if not all of those touchdown receptions and all of his big plays, really, it wasn't Dermot James guarding them, right? I, I, I feel like there they, were... They had Asante Samuel Jr. on him sometimes, I believe. Yeah, there, there was some X and O's going on there I don't fully understand, but there was definitely times where he caught the ball and Dermot James was not in the vicinity. That leads me to believe that the Chiefs knew... We need to arrange some things here where Travis Kelsey cannot be guarded by him. He does like to mess around before the play. Oh, yeah. It's known. Um, but, yeah. I, I, now, I, that said, I believe there were some plays definitely where he made some good plays against Derwin James. And I think he was being pretty borderline most of the game. That might be charitable. I know at least once. With the, the holding and yeah. the tight coverage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was And they're just, like, cool. smacking him at the line. Which you can do that to a tight end, but it's supposed to let go eventually. It's a game where if the refs had been calling it pretty tightly, mm-hmm. it would have gone differently. Yeah. Maybe our defensive backs were doing the same thing. I don't really know. Doesn't seem like that way because they were they were throwing, Herbert was throwing to some pretty open wide receivers, especially in the first half. Yeah. Uh but really quick before we go with Kelsey. Yeah. Um I'm gonna throw this out there. Not because I'm trying to take away his performance, it was just one of the more bizarre plays I've ever seen was whenever Kelsey was getting tackled and he lateral back to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> what's, what's supposed to happen there? It's in the middle of the field. Mahomes is nowhere close to like open or in the open field. So yeah. I mean, the only thing you can really do there is one, fumble it because it was a backward pass, or two, have Mahomes get tackled rough. Yeah. It, we're lucky the whistle got blown, I think, before he even threw the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, as someone who loves backward laterals in weird spots, that one could have done without it. I feel like Kelsey's good for maybe once every couple of years. He'll he'll just have like a hit the wrong button lateral. If you play Madden, you know what that's like where there used to be a button for lateral and you'd hit it and it was insta fumble. <laughs> um, so that that happened. The the time it went right was with the uh, Lashawn McCoy hook and lateral. Mm. That was a really great play. That was awesome. Uh, but yeah, that one probably shouldn't do that again. I hope he gets roasted for it on the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Because he should be. He, he probably will, yeah. Um, so, do you want to go blow by blow for the game, or do you want to get into our uh, what we would normally call game balls, but we had a, a fun, festive substitute plan for that? Uh, why don't we start with blow by blow and then right. get into individual performances? Sounds good. Um, how did you feel going into the half? Let me ask you that. Were we up? No. I think at that point, I felt like we had 
taken a pretty good blow from the Chargers, and we'd kind of seen what they had planned, and we would make good adjustments, which we did. Yes, we were down seven points going into the half. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't terribly worried about it. Honestly, at that point, I was a little bit concerned because the defense had gotten roasted in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty points and a half—that's not ideal. And like I said, Herbert early on was thrown to some very wide open right, wide receivers, which we haven't seen a ton of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little bit concerned, but I said during halftime, like I do almost every season. Every game this season, uh, that Spags he he's been he's gotten so good at making halftime adjustments. Maybe he's always been like that, mm-hmm. and the team just suits it better this year. Um, but it seems like our defense has performed better in the second half than the first half in almost every single game this year, which is not normal. Normally, teams score more in the second half of ball games than they do the first. Yeah, don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Or, you know, fact-check me. No, I, won't. I would never. But it feels like that's true because, like, when it gets down to crunch time, teams start scoring. But outside of that very – the second-to-last drive of the game where um, the Chargers go down and score and leave, you know, Mahomes with the minute 46, which we'll talk about. Yep. Prior to that touchdown pass and after that, um, the Chargers had not scored in the entire second half. I think – that that second half performance, like that, that you're talking about, indicates a young, talented defense who is figuring it out kind of on the fly. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so good indication. Um, no, at halftime, I felt I felt good. This I thought this was one of the first games of this oh, in a while, honestly, that the Chiefs didn't come out flat. Like they no. were they were up for it. No, I I think they, there was no doubt in their mind that this was going to be a tough game. It's so bizarre. The Chargers almost—they look like completely different teams when they're playing the Chiefs versus when they're playing other teams. Mm-hmm. But when they're playing the Chiefs, they're like—I uh, don't know—it's like that Shimo emo uh, emoji <laughs> or meme where, like, you know, playing the Chiefs—they're super strong, they're ripped. Playing any other Chief or any other team, they're just like this derpy little dog. Yeah, I saw uh, a tweet that I will not credit because I do not remember who it was, but basically said that. The Chiefs, when the Chargers play the Chiefs, they look like the, the hype that the Chargers get. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like the team everyone thinks they are in the post in the preseason. And then other, and every other team, they're like just garden variety Chargers. Yeah. I think part of that, I don't think it's totally just like feeling. I think there's some truth to that. So I think just on like a pure like on paper standpoint, the Chargers match up well against the Chiefs. I guess you could say the, Chief, the Chargers were built to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Because they, they're right. all about pass defense, really good secondary, and really good pass rushers. Uh, their weakness is the run game. And on the offensive side, it seems like they, they have some really big, tall, wide receivers. And they have a quarterback that likes to throw deep passes mm-hmm. uh, outside the numbers. And that's really hurt the Spagnolo defenses in the past. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I, I think that's definitely some of the real... But you know what? Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. They got swept. Part of that. Swept. Part of that, I think. I don't want, I don't want to preview our, our game ball section, but we had a pretty good run game. Yes, finally. Uh, it, it, it's been a minute. Yeah. Like, we really needed this one. There was a moment in time in the third quarter where our run game really took over. Yeah. I can't remember if it was the first or second drive after coming out of the half, but it felt like this was... We are going to pound the rock until they prove they can stop it. 
Mm-hmm. And eventually, I don't think it was on that drive, maybe on the next one, <clears throat> they finally started loading up the box a bit and slowed us down. Um, but I, I love to see that commitment to the run when it was working. And boy, was it working in that third quarter. Yeah, that's really what we should be doing all the time. Yeah. That's how we counter the shell defense. You make them pay between the tackles. And things start to open up. And we talked about it, I think, was it after the, it was after the Titans game? Mm-hmm. The one where Mahomes threw like a million passes? That like, you just don't, you want to keep a nice balance. You don't ever want to get too one-dimensional as an offense. And I thought against the Jags, and especially in this game, we're seeing a lot more balance. And you've seen Mahomes, like the passes that he does have, they're more efficient as a result of it. Yeah. All right. Should we talk about the end of the game now? We should. The defining minutes of the game? Do you ever, like, was there ever a point where you were like, oh, this is in doubt, but it's like, I feel like it was scripted perfectly for the Chiefs to win. You know, it's strange. Maybe I'm just a different fan and different viewer of football than most people. I saw a lot of Chiefs fans that were like, oh, I felt so confident. I was like, I knew the game was over whenever they left too much time from Holmes. I didn't feel like that at all. Mm-hmm. Not that I like doubted Mahomes or Reed or the offense or anything like that. It's just, you know, it it's really tough to do stuff like that. First well, of all, yeah, um, people don't appreciate that, especially Chiefs fans watching Mahomes so much. Like you, you, the Chargers should win. A team which should win in situations like that most of the time when they're up by what was it four points with under two minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly, you know, there's been a couple times, uh, especially early on in this season, where the offense had the opportunity to close out the game in the fourth quarter, and they just couldn't. Yeah. And what flashed to my mind uh, whenever we were starting that drive, not that I was feeling really negative about it or anything, but, you know, I was thinking about the Bills game, mm-hmm. where you had, like, almost an identical situation. And, like, two plays later, it's a pick, and the game's over. Yeah. Uh, to your point, I mean... It, it, like, I guess what I'm really trying to say here is it's not that I, like, always knew, oh, there's no doubt that she's going to touch on here. It's more like it had the air of, like, inevitability to it. It Once we really, once we got going, yeah. it felt like that. It felt like they couldn't stop it. Um, but coming out of the gates, I was like, this is, you know, the part of the game where one one mistake, yeah, one bad penalty or something, and the game might there's be There's just over. so little margin for error. Yeah. And you saw that. I don't want to spoil it too much, but they, you saw that on the Chargers drive right after she scored. Because mm. they had a good chunk of time, like 30-some-odd seconds, and I think a timeout. A decent so, and they only needed a field goal. If the defense was – yeah, if the defense was playing playing at levels that we have seen them play at certain points this year – They're playing like the 2021 Bills. Yeah. Then I definitely – I mean, like, if, usually if you, if you told me, okay, the Chargers offense – has 37 seconds in a timeout to drive the field and score, touch, score a field goal, I'd be like, yeah, that's probably like a 70% chance that happens. Yeah. They needed like 40 yards. Yeah. That was about it. But our defensive backfield came through, and then Nate Bolton came up with the interception, which our, I'm still kind of it's wild to me he was in position to make that play. Yeah. Yeah, he had an interesting game. I'm, I'm sure we'll get to that later yeah. on. Um, so the final drive, or even, even the drive preceding that, mm-hmm. um, that almost stood out to me as much as the second or as the very last one, because that was in like an absolutely needed moment as well. Yeah, and there were three uh, just critical third down conversions that Mahomes made, just creating incredible plays on his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. He threw it to Justin or um, yeah, Justin Watson. 
uh, down the right side of the field. It was an insane catch. And But the play that really stuck out to me was the third and 18 practically backed up into our own end zone. And he throws an incredible ball, gets the conversion, a little bit of yak in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, Mahomes had an incredible game. There, really, there's no other way to say it. This was like him at his best. Yeah. There's no good way to say it. I mean, there, we're just at a complete loss for words how to describe Mahomes and how awesome he is. Yeah, we're kind of in like Chris Farley with Paul McCartney. It's like, that was awesome. Remember, remember that time? It was <laughs> 3rd and 18 and, and you threw a first down? That was awesome. <laughs> I just like, I what else I can you say? say? I don't know. Yeah. It was awesome. You're awesome. He's really good. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. All right. So normally on this this fine podcast, we give out game balls for good performances. We do, but yeah. tis the season, the Thanksgiving season. The Thanksgiving season. And I think something a little more festive might be appropriate. I think so. Uh, the, great, the great late John Madden uh, was a big fan of a... I think I got this order right. A chicken stuffed inside a duck, stuffed inside a turkey. What would one call such a conception? A chick duck turd. I think you might have messed up that last bit. Turducken. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering, like, do they... Duck turd. <laughs> do they cook one and then stuff it inside the other and then cook that one? Because I feel like if you cook all of that at the same time, then the chicken's practically raw and the, the turkey is just charred. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope it happens after, you know, the animals are dead and stuff. I think that the <laughs> chefs were, were too worried about whether they could, not worried about whether they should. That That's a very good yeah. point. Anyhow, very good point. anyhow, in the spirit of uh, of John Madden uh, and just the, you know, the, the giving nature of the season, we're going to give out uh, turduckens for mm. good performances this week. Game turduckens. And uh, if you did bad this week, then you are... Chick duck turn. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something I didn't like, but yeah, there we go. Okay, uh, let me give out my first production, and this is one that you might not even have on your radar. I'm hoping not. Please do. It's kind of a hipster pick. Uh, out of nowhere, Mike Dana yeah. had a big game. Yeah. Didn't he have like two, two sacks? Two critical sacks, yeah. I just, he is one of the last defensive linemen that I think of being a pass rush factor. That's true. And that has changed. Not quite the last, Derek Naughty, but yeah. close to the last. He is. Um, let's, let's spend a minute seeing Derek, or, uh, seeing Mike Davis praises. Um, I think he, and, and I mean this to be more of a compliment than it's going to sound. He's the biggest tryhard on the roster. Um. Okay. Because I just like he does not have the measurables. Not an elite athlete, and he was like a walk on at Michigan. Like didn't have a scholarship, so like, I feel like he's just been like fighting the whole way. Fight. He he was fighting to make the roster, and you know, now he's. Like he has spot starts, even though we do, we rotate heavily on the defensive line. Um, so it was just good to see like a guy who, by rights, probably shouldn't even be an NFL player, just really getting getting, getting a lot of success in this game. Yeah, at the key time. There's definitely a couple of guys on the Chiefs defensive line that because like we rotate them so much, they mm-hmm. they're kind of I don't want to say like nameless players, but like guys you recognize, but like I couldn't tell you a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. Felt like he was one of those, but yeah, it was awesome to see him have a nice game. How did he like get on the team? Is he a draft pick? Or did he sign? He him? was, but he was like a late, pretty late pick. What year? You remember? <sighs> Probably three years ago. Huh. Um, and he was like one of those players where I think we drafted him, and everyone's like, "Who is this? We don't even have him on our board." Hmm. 
when he went to Michigan, so he was something somewhat known, but I think it was just kind of like, okay, you, you, you overachieved having a college career at all, especially at Michigan. You're done. And like the fact he got drafted was a surprise. Well, so good for him. Another Brett Beach late round steal, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, if, if <laughs> heck, having one game where he contributed to leading the Chargers, that justifies a seventh round pick. It sure. Really, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was definitely a, um, Kind of a dark you could pick. You could probably also give Turducken to the entire pass rush because this was our most impressive pass rush game, I think, of the year. Yes, although we'll look at some individuals. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play the opposite side of that and give it to some of the most obvious people. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, no question there. He seems like a man who would appreciate a good Turducken. He does, yeah. Um, it. One of the things that stuck me with me the most out of this game, I really like seeing other, I really like seeing the reaction of fans of other teams reacting to Patrick Mullins and to the Chiefs. Because mm-hmm. I do feel like as Chiefs, Chiefs fans, we are so desensitized to insane, high level quarterback play. Yeah. It is fun to see other teams be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Can you imagine me a Chiefs fan? I think it's a little bit like what it would have been like to be a Patriots fan or a Packers fan for like the last 20 years. Yeah. That's probably just like, well, assessment. we expect top three quarterback play. That is yeah. our lot in life. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes was like a top five quarterback last year mm-hmm. on, on the whole. And like, that was like his down here. Yes, it was. It, it's just, it's just insane. Like, the the level of expectation that we have for him and how he still exceeds that frequently. Also, let's uh let's let's have a moment of silence for the the hottest take of the offseason, which is Patrick Mahomes will not be as good without Tyreek Hill. That <laughs> could not be less correct. Yeah, this was an all time like bad game for like Patrick Mahomes. The people that believe that Patrick Mahomes is only good because of the weapons. Who's that joker that was like Tyreek Hill's gone? The whole ship is sinking. Chiefs are done. Oh, that like tweet I sent you. I don't uh, know yeah. who that was, but. Just some talking head on ESPN. Just some chucklehead. And it's it's what's annoying about that, if I may real quickly? You may. That's not based on anything. That's just someone spitting out a hot take and hoping it comes true. Yeah. Now I will say we have seen many, many instances this year of a star wide receiver leaves an offense, leaves a team, goes somewhere else, and that offense and that team cannot live without them. Uh, the Packers. You've seen it in Green Bay, you've seen it in Tennessee, uh you mm-hmm. can also a little bit in uh, the Cowboys. Um, who else am I missing? The Cowboys. Did they trade away Amari Cooper this year? Yeah. I thought yeah. it was last year. No. Okay. No, I don't know. So. Uh, I feel like there's one other one I'm missing. The Cowboys doing okay. It's yeah. neither, here, neither here nor there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, with, with Chiefs, that has not been the case. Um, I mean, Mahomes is on board to have, or, you know, on pace to have an MVP type season here, which can we have a quick uh, discussion on that MVP update? MVP update? Yeah, I think he's going to win. He is the prohibitive favorite right now. Yeah, I don't know like how we got here. It's more like he just he started off incredible, mm-hmm. has been just like at that pace, and like everybody else has kind of fallen off a bit. But yeah. he has not. The shine has worn right off of Josh Allen, and I. Well, I don't understand these people who were like, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to be an MVP this year. It's like, have you seen him play to this point? This is not, it was not sustainable. It was not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. He, his shine has fallen off a bit. Um, 
about the old, weirdly enough, the one that's like up here right now, which mm-hmm. I feel like in years future, this will be like when whenever Jared Goff was competing with Mahomes for the MVP in 2018. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like that. Uh, but Tua on the, Do- the Dolphins is like the oh, second all-time favorite, I think. No, no. I mean, that's where we're at. So You'd have to really contort yourself to, to get into the Tua for MVP. Yeah. It feels like the MVP is Mahomes' to lose. As well, like I think he keeps playing. Too, it to, has been. It's over. He would have to try pretty hard to lose it too. Yeah, just because like even his down games. Like this, this, this is this is not last season. This is not two seasons ago. You know where where Mahomes actually looked a little more. It feels like whatever whatever wrinkle that they had to to figure out, and they're on the offensive side of the ball to continue at a high level. They figured out. Yeah, and like we like we all wanted this year, the offense has been more consistent. Yeah. I mean, what what's the worst game the offense has had? Well, I mean, we lost the Colts. So that one has to be right. That was like a whole team. It was a team effort for sure, and a lot of special teams, if I remember correctly. There was, there was a tremendous amount of. Wasn't that the Sky Moore punt game? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm past it. I mean, I just like there's been very few games where the offense has not shown up and scored like twenty five or thirty points. Well, we have the internet. We do. Just this week, got installed. <laughs> Been hearing good things. Uh, talk about something to the people while I look up the stat, next gen stat. Um, can I just give out another introduction? You can. All right. Uh, we already kind of hit on it, but Travis Kelsey. It's obvious. Three more touchdowns. Um, he is incredible. Mm-hmm. He is, and like this is this is not a hot take or even you know, exaggeration or anything. I think he is the greatest tight end of all time. People are coming around to that now. And he's not that. What's crazy about it is you could say that right now. I think he still has several years, several good years left in him. Yeah. Maybe not many, not well, many prime years. Yeah. But I think he's going to play until, you know, really until he wants to retire. I think a good comp for Travis Kelsey is going to be Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. Because you got to a point where Antonio Gates didn't really have it physically. And I don't think we've seen that with Travis. Travis is probably still 90% oh, as accurate he's or as, as athletic as he ever was. He's looked better this year than last year. Yeah. Because last year he got beat up yeah. game after game. This year he's not had to do that. Uh, but Antonio Gates, like he'd be out there at the age of like 35 or whatever, and he's still finding the soft spot in his own. And exactly. That's just the most annoying thing. Yeah. I, could, I could see Travis Kelsey doing that. I mean, Cassie, Kelsey's athleticism is a huge part of his game, obviously, but so much of it is just like Getting out there, mm-hmm. finding those holes, and just like his next little mind blend with Mahomes. And I think that's going to age very, very well. Like, fine one. So, anyways, he's a Hall of Famer right now. I think he'll be the greatest tight end of all time when it's all said and done. And, I mean, yeah, he's kind of like Mahomes. It's like, what else do you say? You know, okay, this is going to be a little salt in the wound for Chiefs fan. Maybe like, so I, I was looking. I, mean, I was looking statistically. Okay, uh, Tony Gonzalez, from yeah. a statistics standpoint, as amazing as Kelsey's career has been, Tony Gonzalez' stats are like one and a half times. Really? Yeah. He he just played at a high level for so so long. Like he he had a Hall of Fame career with the Chiefs, and then went and had another separate Hall of Fame career with the Falcons. Hmm. He was pretty incredible. Um. I don't believe he ever won a Super Bowl. 
And I don't believe, because this was the Dark Ages, that he had much playoff success with the Chiefs. So I think, statistically, Kelsey's not going to reach Travis or Tony Gonzalez. Unless he plays like another 10 years, which seems unlikely at this point. I think Kelsey will probably be viewed as the better tight end because of the playoff success, right or wrong. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't... I haven't no, heard of Tony before your time. Historic tight ends. Um, I have heard of Tony Gonzalez. That's good. I know he's played for Chiefs. Chiefs offensive production by week. Week one against the Cardinals, forty-four points. Awesome. Week two against the Chargers, twenty-seven points. X round up. It's thirty. Solid. Yep. Uh, against the Colts, seventeen. Okay, that's why we that's lost. Our, that's our continuing part, part of why we lost seventeen to twenty. That's a that's a team effort. Okay. Keep in mind that well, yeah. Buccaneers, 41. Awesome. 41. Raiders, 30. Excellent. Bills, 20. Mm. Niners, 44. Awesome. Bye week, nothing. Titans, 20. That was, mm. that was a smash mouth game. Tough, tough game, yeah. Tough sledding. Jaguars, 27. That's not good. Uh, and then, obviously, last week, it was 30. It's the Chargers. That's, I didn't realize that's four or three games with 40 points against good teams. Yeah. Interesting. The Bucks are the good team. The Niners are a good team. Just a handful of games in which you don't score 27 minutes. Sometimes people think the Cardinals are a good team. Yeah. So, the, I mean, compare that to 2021, where it felt like there were several weeks in a row where just like the offense was struggling to that get was just, going. That was just running in sand. Everything felt hard. Yeah. And that was also the year of the, the comic interceptions. Yeah, the, the turnovers this year, they've just been nowhere near as bad. Yeah. Uh, I think the most important or the most impressive part of Mahomes' performance was he was down to like receivers three through six. Yeah. Um, and I think what this means to me, at least, I think we always kind of thought this would be the case eventually, but I think Mahomes is entering the phase of his career kind of like Peyton Manning is the one that comes to mind, but Tom Brady to a certain point as well, where it's like, just get in some guys. Get in some guys who know the routes to run, who have marginal athleticism. They don't have to be superstars. You don't have to have game breakers. Just get some guys in there, and he'll make them look like stars. I agree with that to an extent. Um, I would counter with don't test that theory. Like, have superstar wide receivers. Oh, yeah. Anyway. No. By all means, keep investing. Like, I, I love how we're just like, hey, we just, you know, we've got Juju, and we just drafted this guy more, but we're going to go ahead and get uh, Kadarius Tony, just because we like having too many receivers. I don't ever want, and I, I don't think this is the case, I don't <clears> ever <throat> want the front office to have the mentality of, well, we're paying Mahomes a ton of money, and he's awesome, so we don't need superstar wide receivers. When, in my mind, it is a force multiplier to have awesome pass catchers and awesome, you know, pass throwers. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So just keep, uh, keep stocking the cupboard, is what I'm saying. Yeah, totally agree. But I'm not I, saying I think you weren't, you know, saying that. But I think Mahomes can just like he can make anyone pretty good now. Yeah, he he can function without superstar pass catchers. Yeah, um, I think that's clear. Although honestly, this season he's had Kelsey all along, and that so. cannot be said of certain quarterbacks in this league. I think it's being it's very, being very few. Can you actually say that? You you will notice I did not say that Aaron Rodgers was part of that club. No, because he's not. Oh. Uh, he's not. Um, I, I know Joe like, Burrow. Or, Joe Burrow is not part of that club. 
Joe Burrow's got to have Jamar Chase. Yeah. Or or competent offensive line, which who knows what that would be like. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, there's so so very few quarterbacks that are really like that. Mm-hmm. I think Mahomes is one of them. Mm-hmm. I can't. I struggle to find another one that I'm like feel confident about. Really. Oh, the guy that can just take anyone and go. I mean, for uh, large stretches of his year, Brady obviously large large stretches of his career, Brady. Not anymore, man. But not anymore. Not the end of the Patriots. Yeah. Like the last several years, of the Patriots, the cover was bare in the wide receiver position, and he just he could he could do he could dink and dunk all day. But I think Josh Allen probably could be that guy. Because I don't think he relies as heavily on like Stephon Diggs as like Burrow does on Chase or Kirk Cousins on Jefferson. You know, that's I think that's true. Um, a lot of that is his like running ability does yeah. so much there. Um, but yeah, I just it's it feels so obvious that like don't don't leave your star quarterback out to dry. You know, just yeah. keep getting wide receivers. I don't, I don't understand why teams do that sometimes. Well, that's that's how you know the difference between like a, a franchise that knows how to actually build a successful team and one that's just like knows how to draft good players or mm. knows how to suck until they get a good player. That's a. I even like what you said at first. There is a difference between solid roster construction and drafting good players. There's a lot of teams out there that have a ton of talent, but they're just not doesn't come together well. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we have strayed a little bit from Tredekins. Mm-hmm. I think it is your turn. I think that too. I'm going to go ahead and hand one off to Isaiah Pacheco, who is the Chiefs. He's going to carry it for 7.1 yards. Yes, as he always does. Uh, Uh, Well, he just – I know this this isn't too analytical, but if you just watch Isaiah Pacheco run the ball and watch Clyde run the ball, it just looks incredibly difficult when Clyde's doing it, and it looks so easy when Isaiah Pacheco's doing it. Yeah. I can't remember if it was he or Chiefs Bro Caleb. Who said that Clyde always looks like he's running? You know, like the expression that running backs are like, oh, it looks like he's running downhill. Yeah. And Clyde, it looks like he's running uphill. <laughs> Pacheco's it, a downhill runner. Like yeah. Clyde's an uphill runner. Yeah. Pacheco's downhill. Um, I think Pacheco is awesome. It's clear he's not like a tremendous change of direction. He's, he's not Barry Sanders he, back he's there. Got, he's got one great cut now. You know? Yeah, he, but he can do one good cut, or he can bounce outside. If you can make one read, make a good cut, and go, that's all you need. I yes. do not need a bunch of dancing. Yes. I don't need someone who's just going to run into the offensive lineman's butt. Yeah. I, 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 I think I am, I am okay. happy with what Pacheco has to offer in, this, yeah, that, in today's NFL. That was not at all a knock against him. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that like his, his method is I'm going to hit the hole hard and fast, and if I can like adjust... Make one cut, I'm going to do it. Otherwise, he just he runs downhill. He's okay. Now, and this is a little more apt. He is a north south runner. Yes, he's going to get he's going to get upfield. Yes, I love that about him. Yeah, because um, I feel like even like Clyde, bless his heart, with with all of his like four seven speed, tries to bounce outside. Ain't going to work, man. It, it never, never works. Yeah, even if you had the speed, it wouldn't work. That's yeah. the wrong angle. But Checo's not like the fastest dude in the world, but. You could. You're, there's several times on Sunday where he's bouncing outside and going for like 10, 12 yards. Yeah. Plus, he's a, he's a he's a plus uh, run block, run defender. Sorry, run blocker. Sorry, pass blocker. Wow. There we cool. go. He knows he can block. <laughs> yeah, he can block for the pass. Uh, in good and pass pro, he's a plus catcher of the ball receiver. 
Yeah. I we haven't seen him a lot in that role, but I think, I'm just remembering the preseason. He had some amazing catches. Yeah. I will say, though, about his pass blocking, he did get absolutely toasted by Derrick James one time. Yeah. But that yeah, happens to the best of us. Can I, make, can I make a weird comparison here? Sure. I think Isaiah Pacheco is to the running back position as Nick Bolden is to the linebacker position. Mm. Very similar players to me in that they are not like incredible athletic testers. But like when you just watch them play, their football speed is amazing. Yeah. F- football speed and just like so, there's so much of it just like knowing how angles are going to work and taking the right angles on guy, yeah. guys. I feel like Bolton does that really well as well. Um, okay. Can, can you pass it back to me? Because I want to talk about Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton, you get into production. Uh-huh. He had an awesome he's gonna, game. He's going to pick off that production. Uh, yeah. He had, game. he had kind of a weird game. I, feel, I thought he was getting like a little bit mad, a little bit chippy. With the Chargers at certain points in this yeah. game. Okay, with a little bit. There was one kind of frustration face mask on the sideline, or on the goal line, rather. Yeah. Um, and then he had that, they flagged it as a late hit. It was more like a half second late. Oh, we're late just, just Herbert flopped. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, come on. I mean, maybe why the, you know, rule or the book or whatever, but come on, this is football. You know, sometimes you just gotta ask yourself, is this football? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Don't it is football. football. It's, not football. Yeah. it's football. But anyways, he had a great game, and I, I I said this earlier in the season, and it's just gotten more and more true that what I love about Nick Bolton, and like more so than almost any guy in the league, is when he makes contact with a ball carrier, the ball carrier ceases to move forward. Yeah. And they go down. He tackles like people don't tackle anymore. He, that makes sense. He, that's true. He he is what. People will say don't make arm tackles, and for most people, that is true. Nick Bolton, he can make all the arm tackles he wants. He's got, like, a takedown move. Yeah, because he, he gets a hold people, and he just, like, rips them to the ground. Yeah. And he, like, he, I don't know, he must have, like, the strongest hands in the world, because, like, yeah. there were so many times that he tackled Austin, Austin Eckler by his, like, shoulder pads. <laughs> his reads are very good. He fills, he fills gaps very well. Uh... Obviously, a heads-up player had that amazing interception. I'm, I'm a bigger Nick Bolton fan now that he's a Chief than I was when he was a Tiger. Mm, I concur. I think he's actually played at a higher level. Yeah. So that may be. Yeah. To say. He, he is fantastic. And I know there will be their detractors that say he's not great in coverage. Um, well, I will say quit being a detractor. Yeah. Why, why don't you like nice things? Yeah. Um... I do think he's decent in coverage. I think that's good enough for the type of player that he is. Plus, we have Willie Gay, who's apparently good in coverage. Yeah. He had a good game, too. Did he? Willie Gay had a big game. Okay. I, he had some good tackles for us. I remember he had one really cool sack, I think. He got in kind of in the habit of making some dumb whiffs. Yeah, and, he's uh, I haven't seen that since like, he got back. He frequently <laughs> seems to dive at a guy and just miss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen that a ton since he got back. I didn't really see him. I didn't get to see him. I did not see him get taken advantage in, in coverage. So there we go. That's good. All right. Um, so I said Nick Bolton. Do you have any other ones you'd like to give out? Oh, this isn't a huge one. This is more like a, a comeback player of the game. Turducken. Uh, Harrison Bucker. Hit mm. all his field goals and in uh, extra points. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I maintain that he might have been hurt for a little bit still. And that was well some some of the shakiness in the last couple games, but he had perfect uh, perfect score in this game, and he added what was that nine twelve points? 
Big deal. This is a game where making all of his kicks was extremely important. Oh, yeah. Need, need all of it. Um, because at the very end there, and obviously this is so often the case in football, but at the very end there, the Chargers were down by three, and they basically could have just run the ball a few times and then kicked a field goal if they were only down by two. So one extra point, and the game's probably over right mm-hmm. Um So, yeah, it, it's great to see him back. It, it always made sense to me that when a kicker gets injured, obviously, like, that's one, that's, like, the one position where you really, like, need all of your facilities functioning perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's all about aiming. Oh, you don't even your arms. Uh, the whole body is a part of the kick. Okay, Andrew. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's great to have him back and kicking like his normal self. Did you know one of the best kickers in NFL history didn't had no left hand and only half of a foot that he used to kick? Oh yeah, the Saints kicker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was wild. Huh. All right. Yeah. Um. See, do I want to give out any other ones? I think I want to give it one to Chris Jones. I was, I was going to say that was the last one I had. I don't think I've done like the most like chalky picks here. As, as we've been talking about players who we take for granted because of their week to week awesomeness, I think Chris Jones is on that list. Chris Jones, and I don't. We're going to say some nice things about the pass rush here because they had a good uh, week. Mm-hmm. But over the course of this year, outside of blitzes and stuff, Chris Jones is the pass rush. Most times, yeah. I mean, he's getting very little from help from other people, and he still produces on his own, especially in crunch times. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you start to see like this there's one drive a game where it's like, well, this is when Chris Jones is going to take over the game. Yeah. It's not like a random drive. You know what drive it's going to be. <laughs> you know what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and I know some people will hear that and think, why doesn't he just do it all the time? Does he not get enough effort? Um no, there is no pass rusher on this planet that can give 100% effort on every single play. Yeah. It's just way, way too high effort and exertion and position to do that. That's why even the best pass rushers in the world get, you know, they get uh, rotated in and out quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so he saves it for the perfect moments. And I, th- I think it's a bit of rope-a-dope. Yeah, like, a little bit. Get some tired, and then when it's crunch time, it's like, okay. It's like when you absolutely need to pass the ball, that's when you have Chris Jones just ripping through the middle of that offensive line coming right at you. Mm-hmm. I like to, I always imagine, I know this is weird, but I always imagine that he's giggling whenever he's like sacking the quarterback. He might be. He's, 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 a, he's a, a fun, borderline crazy dude. Just like absolutely rip your heart out and just giggle about it. <laughs> Sack. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be in my head now. All right. I guess that closes up for this game. Uh, an awesome game. And like I said last week, the door's been slammed on the Chargers, on, I mean, the Broncos and Raiders. They've, they've been outside in the cold for a while now. Um, but the, the division race is over. The Chiefs have won. Seven uh, straight division titles. I forgot about the chick turn. Oh, yes. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, I would like to give one to, and this is this might be seen as mean, but here's where we're at. Uh, Clyde. No, we talked about oh. him. He was cooked last week. He got, did he hear what happened to him? He got hurt. He had a high ankle sprain. Yeah, and, and I think what this means, this this might be a little takey, but I think that's going to be it for him. I think we may have seen him take his last snap as a chief. I don't know about snap. I think he'll be back by playoff time. Yeah, he ain't starting again. Um, no, he he's not going to be the lead. He's definitely not going to be the lead back, and I don't know if he'll even get like mixed into the rotation heavily. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, still stands true. Running back position is a high attrition position. 
Mm-hmm. So I I don't want to, you know, this sounds negative, but we're probably going to need Clyde before it's all said and done. So, in, in, a, in a spot role, yes. I'm not I, like, washing my hands of him yet. I really think right now Pacheco went down. Knock on wood, hand to God. Um, then McKenna would be our future back. Hmm. I, I, I think maybe he should be. Yeah. I don't think he would be. Uh, Let me phrase it that way. I really, I really like McKinnon as the third down back. I think he's just, I think he's a great in that role in this offense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I hope Clyde has a decent NFL career somewhere and makes some money for his family. He's not going to be the chief starter running back again. Yeah. Uh, I know you are too full of positivity to actually hand out any check duck turds, but did you have any you wanted to give out? Because I've got one more. Think. I'm not sure I can think of any on the Chiefs. Um, uh, can I give one to Keenan Allen? Well, you can give him Chris Mitchell. His, his offseason tweet after Tyreek got traded. Yeah, what do you so, say? say uh, the tweet, I believe I'm quoting here, is this move really going to expose some people. Glad to have him out of the division, though. As in, like, when he leaves the Chiefs, like, there are going to be people on the Chiefs that get exposed, i.e. Mahomes or Reed yeah. or whoever, and you swept. Mm-hmm. You swept and enjoyed your maybe wild card spot, Chargers. You know, Keenan Allen is – there's a player on each team that their their fans love them and other teams' fan bases can't stand them. And that's Keenan Allen with the Chargers for me. I think he, he talks a ton and he gets hurt, which is not really his fault, but he just never never really backs it up except for occasionally. Uh, and I understand why the Chargers love him because he's, he's good and he's probably fun to watch. For the Chiefs, it's Travis Kelsey. I think Travis Kelsey would be a maddening player. Like Everyone loves Mahomes. Even if you don't like the Chiefs, you got to love Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Kelsey mouths. He, he talks. Yeah. He, he's, he's a white guy got some swag. So yeah, He's got a lot of swag. Very swaggy. Uh, but no, that's for, for me with Keenan Allen. I miss the days whenever him and Marcus Peters would get into it. Mm. Marcus Peters could actually, like, he, he could shut him down. Rile him up. Yeah. It was classic battles back then. Well, I mean, okay. Keenan Allen, he had that one huge throw. Catch from it. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. He had that one huge reception. But outside of that, we didn't hear just a ton of him from the game. No. Well, did he ever get hurt? I know Mike Williams went out pretty early. Mike Williams got hurt early. Came back, right? I don't, I don't think so. I think he was out for the game. I don't know, but I, he didn't do a lot. But yeah, Keenan Allen, I mean, he he's a guy, like, you look at his stat line, I don't know, he was like five or six or seven for 90-something yards, mm-hmm. which that's something to see that. But, you know, so much of it was that one play. And for a guy like that that just always seems to absolutely kill the Chiefs whenever he's in there, mm-hmm. I thought they really did a, a very solid job of containing him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You, you get a chick-duck turd for being completely wrong and also not winning. One more that I have, uh, and this is not like a I, you did something super bad. It's more like I saw you do some questionable things and I haven't. it's been a while since I, since I saw you do something good. Justin Reed, I thought he had a couple missed tackles, and I just – it's been a while since I had a play where I was like, yeah, Justin Reed, great play. Glad you're on the team. He doesn't – based on his time with the Chiefs, it doesn't seem like he's the type of guy that's going to have a – Flashy plays. Not a playmaker. I can't. I can't really think of any. Like, if you watch like Justin Reed highlights, I don't even know what would be on there. 
Uh, probably getting tackled by Dan Sorensen short the line. Yeah. But I also feel like he doesn't. I don't. Also, can't think of many plays where he gets like burned in coverage. I feel like every Maybe that's all you want out of a you know full safety. I feel like about every game he's got one pretty bad looking missed tackle. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's the best tackler. Yeah. Um, but I would. I don't know. This is one of those plays. Like, but the secondary is such a mystery to me. Sometimes I would love to hear from somebody that really knows their stuff. Like, has this guy been good or not? Because I just mm-hmm. don't. I don't really know. It, it's, I like him as a person. Yeah. I like him, you know, as a. He seems to have have a good teammate mentality. Seems to be a great guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it's not fair to give him a, a chick doctor. But he's definitely not like good Tyron Matthew. He's also definitely not bad Tyron Matthew. No, he's not a liability. Maybe he lies in that. That's a, that's a good way to put it. He's not a liability. If given that we got him on a pretty reasonable deal, I feel. I mean, we. We paid him pretty handsomely, so we he, he kind of got he got paid to be like a solid cornerstone of the defense, and maybe he is again. Yeah. I just I don't really I really don't know. Maybe he's still getting used to it. I mean, it does take time to get used to a new scheme. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, that's it. All, all out of turducks, all out of chick duck turds. No more, no more various Excellent. foul stuffed into other foul. <laughs> anyway, um, so yes, the door has been slammed. The division race is over. Chiefs win again. All of these these other teams, these three other teams, they spent so much money, spent so much draft capital trying to beat the Chiefs for the division this year. And they're all massive disappointments. And the Chiefs, who people were expecting were going to have a down year, they just look like the same old Chiefs. You know what's, what's funny is that it's kind of like the, uh, the Anna Karenina start to that novel. It's like every, every, happy, every happy family is the same. Every... Uh, Every like chaotic family or whatever is every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Mm. Every AFC West team who's not the Chiefs is unhappy in their own way, <laughs> and they're all screwed. But here's the different ways they're screwed. Okay, that's so true. Uh, the Raiders, for one, they got mayoked and Gruden for like three years, so their roster's just beat up, bad, bad, bad. And they've got probably the biggest idiot in the NFL, second biggest idiot in the NFL, running their team. Snyder's. Oh, McDaniel's. No. Mark Davis. Oh, oh, oh. Like, yes. I don't think Mark Davis could rise to middle management in like, corporate America. Like, if he, if he was just a, just a person out there. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that I would want leading my organization. Let me put it that way. No, I, I think every He's time. Like a weirdo. You know, you've never had, no one's ever had a normal conversation with that guy. No. Nah. No way. No. Um, so, where do you get your haircut? Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, they're going to... McDaniels cannot possibly write the ship. It's this year or next year he's going to get fired. I I have heard... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...from people that know. League sources have told me. <laughs> sources can confirm. Yes. Um, that basically they will not fire him purely for financial reasons. Like, they just, like, cannot... Which is worse. ...fire him and then hire another coach. <laughs> Think That's about that. Like, we have made our bed, and now we have to line it. It's not that you don't have money to get a better coach. It's that you don't have enough money to get rid of your bad coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. I feel like that is a great transition into the Broncos. Well, no, I'm not done with the Raiders yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. I've heard, I've heard my, my, my sauces on the internet have said... <laughs> Getting saucy. That they're going to try to trade for Aaron Rodgers and, tra- and send Derek Carr to Green Bay. Because that's the only way they can get Devonta Adams to stay this year or next year. 
I have two things. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I don't think that would happen. Because I think Rodgers... If he moves, he's going to go to like a team with a ton of talent. And the Raiders are not that at all. Yeah. I think I think Frank Rogers would go to the Niners. He's gonna pull like a Brady. We're like, I'm gonna pick, take every take every single team to QB away, and then find like the most talented one. I'm going there. Smart. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jets. Maybe Jets. He's uh he's from California. A group of Niners fan, I think. Maybe he wants to follow in Brett Favre's footsteps again and go to the Jets and the Packers. That would actually be really funny if you wound up on the Niners. <laughs> be hilarious. Like they they're the ones that drafted Smith over him, right? Uh, Way back when. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was like super mad because he was a Fort Niners fan growing yeah. up. Yeah. That would be funny. Um, can I say this? Uh-huh. Please, 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 please. Can the Raiders let Derek Carr go? Well, that, that For gets... his own like mental stability. It's almost inevitable. That guy is like, he looked like a broken man last week. Did you hear this press conference? I, I heard, I heard, I, I heard he, he was crying. I didn't want to watch it. I don't like watching him. He's a Raider and I felt bad for him. Um, yeah, no, honestly, Derek Carr. I've always liked him. I've yeah. always thought he was a cool guy. I mean, he, he definitely is the kind of guy that's going to be a little bit extra sometimes. Yeah. Um, not as bad as Russell Wilson. No. No one. But he, but by all accounts, is a solid, upstanding guy, weirdly, being on Raiders. And seems like a great teammate. Yes. A great guy to have on your team. Yeah. Um, but man, this, this franchise, it just is it, not working out. So please let him go somewhere else and have a nice... Do you know, I think if he got in the right spot, he could have a little bit of a Matt Stafford, like, oh, I'm finally free from Detroit I, kind of game. I completely kind of think season. he is up in that level. Yeah. Where, like, if he was put in a really good spot, I think he would function at a very high level. Maybe the Jets? So the the Raiders, my point here is the Raiders will never have the ownership to be a good team. Ever. And they have just so many years of bad drafts. They're, they're like first round picks under Mayock were abysmal. Like they're all gone. So bad. Not just their first round picks. Like like nearly any pick of value to Mayock. Like like we talked about the other day. Max Crosby, Darren Waller. Those are the only players they drafted that were needed. Josh Jacobs, I suppose, even though that was kind of found money. Josh Jacobs was a first round pick, and he was like the only one even where close to deserving that first round pick status. And probably, yeah. still probably should not have taken him there. Yeah. Uh, so no, the, the Raiders are screwed into infinity. Um, I think Mark Davis is even fairly young. Like the only way I can see this is if he gets like, <laughs> you see, like he's like old, about to kick it. There'd be no better spot. Yes, it's dark. I mean, I'm you're sorry, not, you're not wrong, but he's got a lot of years left to screw up that franchise. <laughs> and he's one of those like he he wasn't even he wasn't even smart enough to make a bunch of money to buy an NFL team. No, he was just he's the 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 spawn of Al Davis. Who, I mean, Al Davis was a crazy man, especially toward the end. Man, he got out there. But that dude, at least at points in time, knew football and was just freaking tenacious. He was uh, he was competent enough in some areas of life to allow the craziness. Yeah. Mark Davis is not. I've got, I've got a grudging respect for Al Davis. Uh, yeah, I, have I think that's reasonable. None at all for, for Mark Davis. He's, he's like a respected foe. The best thing Mark Davis did was somehow accidentally move his team to Los Angeles or Las Vegas. You think that was a good move? Hmm? Yeah, well, financially. Uh, all, yeah. all evidence to the contrary, apparently. They can't pay yeah. to fire Josh McDaniels. Maybe so. Um, but yeah, just, I don't, I don't know. The, the only way I could see this working out well for the Raiders is if Davis gets in such dire financial straits somehow 
that he's forced to sell the team. So I'm not sure he would ever do because I think like that's like the only good thing in his life that's ever happened. So, anyhow, I have exhausted my. This is why the Raiders are screwed. Raiders talk. Um, the Broncos, <laughs> the Broncos, the ownership is un- unknown. Don't know. It's the, the Wallen family bought them. They're good at running WalMarts. Who knows if they're good at running Broncos? Correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem like the kind of people that would find like somebody that knows what they're doing with football and just have at it. Is that the case? I think so. I think I think they will be the type of owners who who like the ego's not there, like a Jerry Jones, something like that, or Dan Snyder. They're going to find someone competent to run the team. The problem is, months before they bought the team, uh, they basically the the, the franchise. Uh, basically tied themselves to the biggest sea anchor contract in the NFL in the form of Russell Wilson for like five years, $11 billion guaranteed. Um, it's, it's, no, it's, it's the worst contract in the NFL right now. They gave up, was it two first round picks and two second round picks? So many. And then paid him an enormous deal? Yeah, it, it was like the, in hindsight, like at the time we're like, well, that's questionable, but if, if Russell Wilson turns out to be as good as he, you know, everyone seems to think he will be outside of Seattle, maybe it's a good deal. Maybe they can compete. Now it's just like, you've killed it. You've killed the next five years of this franchise. No question. It was, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the worst offseason move this year, probably in many years. Can you think of any, like, I am, worse? I'm struggling really hard. Um, there was a time at which the Seattle Seahawks paid career backup Matt Flynn a franchise quarterback deal. And then drafted Russ Wilson. Hmm. Kind of ironic, actually. Um, and, and I guess the time when the, like the, the Houston Texans decided that Brock Osweiler was a franchise quarterback. Mm, that was funny. That was, that was pretty great. Um, but no, this, this, this might be one of the worst moves I can remember in the NFL at all. Yeah. I mean, the only, the only one that comes close to me is like the Dolphins trading away Drew Brees. Wait, sorry, the Chargers. Where was he? Uh, Drew yeah. Brees was with the Chargers. Yeah, actually. yeah. They traded, uh, they traded Drew Brees to the Saints. That was pretty bad. Although they, they followed it up by drafting Philip Rivers, which worked out for them. Yeah. Kind of. Not completely because they're the Chargers. All that to say, yeah, this is bad. This is bad, 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 bad for the, for the Broncos. Uh, I think it's made worse by the fact they have a top five NFL defense that's being completely wasted right now. Yeah. Also, they hired a bit of a moron uh, as their coach. Um, I do not think he's going to be able to ride the ship. I, I, I said before, that guy is totally in over his head. Oh, yeah. He was the... Offense, was he the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach in Green Bay? I think it was quarterback's coach. I mean, either way, their head coach was basically the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So he was basically Aaron Rodgers' coach, who is Aaron Rodgers and doesn't need a coach. Yeah, we got to stop hiring. This, this feels like Adam Gates all over again. It's, it's, yeah, the problem is proximity to success. This is how all of those idiot mm. Patriots assistants mm. got hired. You were near success. Therefore, people assume you were associated with that success, even though really you had next to nothing to do with it. Yeah. That is, you know, applicable in so many areas of life. That's very true. Um, <laughs> but the Nathaniel or the, uh, yeah, Nathaniel Hackett hired, that was, that was an overture to Aaron Rodgers to try to get Aaron Rodgers. Let's all, let's all remember the, the, the nuclear bad contract they gave Russell Wilson, that was plan B. Mm-hmm. This was all supposed to be Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver. That's a good point. And it didn't work out, and they made the desperation move, 
And now they're going to be regretting it for the next five to ten years. I'm not really kidding there. That's like, it's that kind of impact. Let me ask you this. I think I may have asked you something similar last week, so correct me if I have. But do you think Russell Wilson's going to be this bad just going forward? Is he, is he ever going to bounce back to being like the Russell Wilson we knew in Seattle? Because it feels like completely different dudes. Even even like even when things were bad in Seattle, they were never this bad. It was never close to this bad. Yeah, um, I think I, I think the way I answered this question was basically either that he's going to change to fit a good system because the the, the the Boltons will get a good system in there. And, and the question is, will Russell Wilson change to fit the good system, or will he, or will he demand that he like, implement the system? Basically, run things where he's weighing in on the head coach and he's, you know, determining the offensive scheme. To this point, I think, based on what we've seen, uh, when confronted with adversity, Russ Wilson will continue to be Russ Wilson even harder. Hmm. Leaning so, to himself. Yeah, I don't really see him having an epiphany and realizing he needs to to try to kind of accept help and work within the system. I think he's more just going to kind of reality distortion his field himself into, like... Feels like a guy that's very much not it. self-aware. Oh, gosh, no. Like, no, no, no. To an extreme degree. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I, I think he'll get 20% better than he is right now. You know what I do? If I'm the Waltons or whoever? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the season, there's no point in doing it now, but at yeah. the end of the season, fire hack it. That was a mistake. Just admit it. Mm-hmm. And then I hire somebody that can fix Russell Wilson. Because I think you, even as terrible and bad as the season has been, you have to admit that he has been a good player elsewhere in other systems. So just figure that out. Because it's not like there's a plan. It's not like there's a plan B where like, oh, let's just cut bait on this Russell Wilson deal. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you you tied your horse to that carriage, and you've got that for like three years now, probably at least, mm-hmm. including this year at the like very minimum. It's like it's not like you can change direction there. I don't. Um, so I think it's just like you make the best of Russell Wilson. Yeah, maybe. I just I don't know if you can hire someone who's going to get the best out of Russell Wilson and also kind of kowtow to Russell Wilson the way he wants to be. The craziest thing is Russell Wilson in the offense could have been bad this year and they would have won a lot of games because that defense is so good. Yeah. They could have been like pretty bad and won a lot of games. They just couldn't be this, you know, unworldly level of bad. Yeah. Can we can we just spend yes. a minute at, uh, like contemporarily uh, bad times for the Broncos? Uh, a segment we'll call Broncos Country Let's Ride. <laughs> there were two running backs for the Broncos. Once upon a time, there were two running backs for the Broncos. Okay. Uh, one was named one was named Chase Edmonds, mm-hmm. and one was named Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Uh, last Sunday, Chase Edmonds got hurt. Yes. And. In response, for reasons not only to themselves, the Broncos decided to cut Melvin Gordon. I heard like Melvin Gordon just like cannot stop fumbling. <laughs> just like he's just a chronic fumbler, so that's why they did it. Can't help so. So it, it is strange though, because they made that decision after knowing that Edmonds was out. Right. So the question is, who's going to play running back for the Broncos? Um, I, don't know. I don't know if anyone does. It's a complete mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Chargers, they're they're done. Seems like they're going to be out of it for a couple of years now, unless they can really turn things around with Russell Wilson. Well, their problem, I mean, they're they're obviously sitting better than any other team, not even the Chiefs in the division. Um, 
what now? They're they're sitting better place than any other team. It's not the Chiefs. The Broncos? No, no, the Chargers. Oh. Yeah. One of the Chargers. Okay. Uh Spanos is a low key idiot, I'm pretty sure. I don't like him. I don't I'm not aware of him being an idiot, but I definitely don't like him. Uh the decision to move his team to Los Angeles was an idiot move. That feels like a bad idea, yeah. Um but Problem that I see on their horizon pretty closely is they're going to have to get Herbert on a no 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 longer on the rookie deal. Yeah, it's kind of like what the Bills are going through with Josh Allen, except I'm not sure that Justin Herbert is Josh Allen. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's not. And I don't I don't even know if the Bills are quite there yet. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Where like you're gonna have to start paying well, like an all-star dude. I'm not. I know the Bills have extended Allen. Yes. His cap hit goes up massively next year. Yeah. They're not, it's like they're not quite there yet. <coughs> the Chargers, I don't know if they've extended Herbert. No. I don't know if they picked up his fifth year. But I don't know if I mean, they will, it. obviously. Um, but it's too early for it right now. So things like, I don't know, signing Khalil Mack in the offseason. You know? Which, I mean, that signing was a complete bust. He, is, been, he has not been Khalil Mack. Yeah. He's not even really been like Chicago. He, think, he's basically been the, the late Chicago's Khalil Mack, where he just kind of not in there. You think he'd be okay because after spending a you know a large part of your career in Oakland, like the Raiders, and then the Bears, I mean that's a, that's life in the desert. You think being on, a, on what would he considered a good team, he'd respond well. But yeah. maybe he's washed. Who knows? What was it uh, Eric Berry said? Just didn't have it in his soul. Yeah, I feel like that's what happened to him when he was on the Bears for too long. He just his soul got defeated. Mm-hmm. Can't say it. Yeah. So no, no, everyone's. I, I really think you're looking at a run kind of like the Patriots, where it's just like you might try to talk yourself into thinking that maybe the Jets are going to get a little bit a little spicy this year, but they're not. The Patriots are just going to roll everyone every year. Yeah, the, I will say the Chargers this year just like they continue to hit, be the Chargers, just like every stereotype. I saw this made me happy in a kind of perverse way, uh, but I saw a lot of like memes uh, on Twitter after the game about how, like, Justin Herbert basically just gunned Phil Rivers. Like, this is just happening again. That made me, like, very happy. Just like, It's very funny, even though it's quite mean. Um, but it kind of feels like it's true, doesn't it? Yeah. It feel like they have this great quarterback and they're just not ever going to be able to do anything with it because, like, the rest of the team is just can never really pull it together. Also, Brandon Staley, their coach, is, he's gun shy about the fourth down thing now. Yeah, that's it's weird. I didn't really foresee that. Um, but yeah, there, I know like this the position was crazy. It was on, they're on like their own third or, uh, thirty yard line, uh, but it was like fourth and inches. Yeah, and they punted. And Justin Herbert's quarterback dives were just completely automatic. Yeah, like he can pick up a first uh, a one yard anytime at all that he wants. Yeah, this this team struggles with the QB sneak. Mm-hmm. It's tough. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just like so, such a typical charge. It's like a ton of talent, really good guys across the board. But they can't stay healthy. They lose games in weird ways. And they just always come a bit short. This is a weird question, but do you think there's something to be said for building your franchise around players who are going to stay healthy? Um, yes. Because <laughs> the Chargers feels like Keenan Allen is one of the best players on offense. Joey Bosa is one of the best players on defense. If they play more than 50% of the time, it's not very often. It's, yeah, both incredible players are if they're healthy. <coughs> it's like you get them healthy so little. 
so yeah. little time. I, I do think that's it's completely true that front front offices value durability differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's completely true. Teams that value guys that you know have you know that availability is the most important ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then teams that just kind of hope for the best seems to be the Chargers. You can't keep getting hurt all the time. Yeah. It's not even just like the star players. It's just like, even like so many of the role players get hurt too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's all so right. bizarre. We talked Chiefs. We've kind of talked, uh, we talked down very strongly to the rest of the AFC West, yeah. which they deserve. Yeah. The, the Chiefs The Chiefs are the only team in the AFC West with a record above 500. Yes. Which is wild. Yeah. That's true. Now I will say this. The Chargers could still get into the playoffs. Yes, but almost anyone could still make it in the playoffs. No, I'm not like just a mathematical chance. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's totally reasonable to think that they might sneak into one of the lower seeds. It's possible. Um, it is. I wouldn't say it's probably or likely at this time, but it could definitely happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as far as winning the division, it's over. But getting to the playoffs, I don't know. I will say this just real quick: I don't want to see that team in the playoffs. The Chargers. Never, never no, like to see a team. They, they're the built to play us close, um, and you know we we pulled off both upsets this year. But my, or we pulled off both close games. But that that you can't play that forever. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we should talk about the next team that we're going to play now, right? The Los Angeles Rams of Los Angeles. Now this is such a weird one because when the season or when the the schedule first came out. And you're looking for what are the big games this year. Mm-hmm. And you see this Chiefs-Rams game. You're like, 2018, Monday Night Football. Yeah. It, it felt like such a big game at the time. And now, this feels like a worse version of the Jags. We're two, two touchdown favorites. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, is Stafford going to be healthy? No. I don't believe he is. Okay, so probably not Stafford. Yeah. Uh, no Cooper Cup. Oh my uh, gosh. Jalen Ramsey's gotten burned the last couple of weeks in coverage. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Dahm hasn't really showed up. So, I mean, you, we would need like a very long podcast to discuss what went wrong with the Rams this year. I will say your take about them having like a really bad year this year, like being hunted over from the Super Bowl, seems completely true. Yeah. They are like borderline one of the very worst defending Super Bowl champions of all time. Like they might, they might win that record. Yeah, anytime it's like one of those teams that kind of comes out of nowhere, builds it with a bunch of veterans, um, and then, I don't know, every team gets excited about it. But like no one was like sitting around being like, okay, the Rams are a dynasty now. All right, this could be the start of something. I get they probably do that with every team that ever won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But with the Rams, it just really did not feel that way. No. The Bucs and the Rams, uh, both of those teams felt like they were built to win the Super Bowl one time. And this might be an annoying thing to say, but the it's a little bit like when the Rams play the Patriots. How do I put this? Let me start over there. The Rams really should have been playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if the Last Chiefs year. hadn't imploded in the second half of the AFC Championship game. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, uh, so maybe they weren't as good as that's- their Super Bowl win made them look. That's definitely some salt in the wound, um, but you're probably right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Also, I don't know. We, we could go on for a very long time, but I said it before, I'll say it again. 
I think in like three years, everybody's gone. Mm-hmm. Everybody's gone. That's what I think. Probably. And is there... We, we've, we've phrased it this way before when playing a team that we have a huge advantage over. What would have to happen for this to be a loss for the Chiefs? Uh, let's see. Uh, the backup quarterback comes in and it's just like a freaking spark plug. Kind of like Malik Willis a couple weeks ago. Wait, the Titans quarterback? Yeah. I don't know what to call him a sport plug. He had like two good plays the whole game. Oh, we came out flat against him. Okay. Um, the Chiefs come out flat for some reason. Which I think that this I almost expect it to happen against the Rams. This is a team that you come out so flat against and still win though. Yeah. Like they are real bad. Uh let's see. Aaron Donald decides this is his week to wake from the slumber and just completely destroys our interior offensive line. That worries me more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Counterpoint, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, it's hard for him that to happen to him. Yeah. Um, He's really good. Joe Tooney. Very good. Mm-hmm. Trey Smith. Very good. All good guys. Yes. All solid. Uh, man, I don't. I don't know what their offense can really do to us. No, none of their nothing. No part of their offense scares me. They have no receivers. Uh, I don't think they have any good running backs. They apparently don't have a quarterback right now. Their offensive line is not good. Their offense is basically non-existent, and their defense, while extremely talented, has been underperforming because the offense has been so bad that they've just kind of. I just feel like a team that's given up on the season. Yeah, you're, you're right. We cannot. <laughs> it's going to be funny if we actually lose this game. But we I, cannot I don't, lose. I don't think we can play poorly enough to make this a close game. It is not possible for the Chiefs to lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it does feel like that. And yeah, you could. feels like a game that you come out with like your D minus performance and be like, eh, hey, we still won. Yeah. So, yeah, I would like for it to not be close. Um, that would be nice. Uh, but we shall see. We shall. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. This is probably not a good sign. I feel like now it's going to be a close game that we said all this nonsense. Um, but yeah, it does not feel like a game that I'm remotely worried about. Yeah. Which is just so weird Like to go back like three months with just a complete difference. I'm way, way more worried about the Bengals than I am about the Rams. I am too. But I don't, we, I don't worry about us getting the Bengals. We're the Rams. Yeah. We, we the fans are, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, should be should be a win. Uh, we... I think we've already gone over our time quite a bit here. Uh, did you have any just kind of takes about the league in general you want to get out? Oh, man, I just – I think you're starting to see the teams that are going to be good. It's, a, it's not a strong take, but, like, I was looking at the – I wasn't really watching too many games this week. I was trying to get stuff done or sleep during the time of leading up to the Chiefs game. Kind of took a break from the uh, the grind. But, like, there were so many games where I think at one point, like, the – Ravens were down, and the Eagles were down pretty big to the Colts of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, "Oh yeah, time for upset Sunday. This is gonna be great." Just because I like at this point, I just like to cheer for other teams that are good to lose, so that she can remain high in the power rankings. That makes sense because um, you know Especially that, that validates me somehow. Um, <laughs> but didn't happen. I think you've got some. You're starting to see the, the contenders and the pretenders separate. Um. I feel completely correct in my take that the Eagles are not like in the very, very top tier. Well, I think they're solid football. We can't, we can't cast too many stones uh, about losing to the Colts. Well, that's true. But we didn't, we did it like, what was it, week three or something? But they had a professional head coach at that point. That's a good point. Now they have, very good point. Yeah. Now they have a a very nice retired center Mm -hmm. running the team. 
So, yeah. Uh, one of the most baffling results to me of the week was the Cowboys beating the Vikings. Um, I want to hear what your thoughts on the game, and then I'll give you my very spicy take on that game. Well, you know, I've been kind of sitting, waiting for Kirk Cousins to turn back into a pumpkin. Um, or the, the Vikings as a whole, but specifically Kirk Cousins. Uh, I did not expect them to get over that bad. They turned into a really bad pumpkin. Yeah, a rotten pumpkin. Yeah, not just a pumpkin, a real bad How did they not score at all? Was Justin Jefferson playing? I mean, he got three points, but... Was Dalvin Cook playing? Yeah. Is Cowboys defense that good? Um, I think so. I think, obviously, there was a bunch of turnovers, but I think the main thing was the, the Dallas pass rush is insane, mm-hmm. and Kirk just cannot handle that. So this felt like a game where they kind of got exposed, and they're like, this is how you beat the Vikings. If you can pressure Kirk, it's like, it's over. Um, so... Vikings, like I said before, they're going to win that division. They're going to be in the playoffs. But they just feel like a prime candidate to get picked off early by a team with a good pass rush. Yeah. On the other side, the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I've been saying for a long time I don't trust the Cowboys. And guess what? You still don't. I still don't trust the Cowboys. No. Not giving up just because they had one good game. The Cowboys are the quintessential frontrunner team where when they get a big, they're going to run up the score. Going to make it look awesome. When things are clicking, they're really clicking. Mm-hmm. When things are not clicking, when things are not working, it's going to fall flat on their face. They're all flash, no substance. So, yeah, you kind of like saw it week to week against the Packers, fell flat on their face, Vikings, they rolled them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, again, I maintain that I do not trust the Cowboys, not really believe in them. Uh, but we shall see. I'm going to hold on to my Vikings take. They're not good. Um, it's probably time to give up on my belief that the, the Packers figure things out and take the division. Oh, no, 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 no. I just don't think that's possible at this point. Yeah. Maybe not even I, mathematically. I was very right where, like, they won one spike game. Most of them they won. But, yeah, that's all they had. They're done now. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess we need to wrap this thing up pretty quickly here. Um, but I don't want to leave without a little bit of AFC discussion. Um, I boldly predicted to you that the Jets were going to beat the Patriots. Boy. I didn't say beat. I said destroy. Yeah. Um, there were two material changes yeah. that I did not know about. Um, number one, material change. I did not realize it was going to be super windy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super windy. Okay. Didn't know that. Uh, number two, I didn't realize how much Zach Wilson stinks. It's true. It was um, a material change. Turns out he stinks real, real bad. I think with the Jets winning, I, I was starting to believe that maybe Zach Wilson was good. No. He's not good. Most of the games they won were like when he was injured, and most of the other games they won were they just kind of played around him. He's going to get sat for Joe Flacco. That's going to happen. I, I just saw on Twitter today that like they asked the coach, like, can you confirm that he's going to start on Sunday? Like, no. So, yeah. That, neither confirm that. That because it feels like the rest of that team and coaching staff is ready to make like the leap into being like a solid team that can be in the playoffs mm-hmm. and compete. Uh, but the quarterback's just totally holding them back. Yeah. Um, so that stinks. Uh, the Patriots, they're now 6-4, and four, uh, which means that they now have a good enough record that I can call them frauds. So, yeah, the Patriots are they're, they're complete frauds. Mm-hmm. Um, their offense is so bad. Their defense is pretty good. I'll give them that. Uh, but, yeah, they, I did not believe in the Patriots at all. They've won six games? Yeah. That's surprising. Well, me. okay, let me... Let me look it up real quick. Why don't you entertain the people while I look up a stat here? 
Uh, I want to see what their wins are. I'm guessing there's a point to be made. Okay, uh, I'll say I'm... <clears throat> I'm still a little nervous about the Titans. Hmm. Honestly. Um, I think that after the Bills and the Chiefs, not in that order, uh, the best team in the division is the Titans. Really? Maybe the Ravens. That is a pretty hot take, I will yeah. say. I, I, like the, I like the Titans better than the Bengals, and I might like them better than the Ravens, depending on the day. Uh, I have my paper saying, but I do want to comment on that real quick. I kind of agree. Um, I do think there are elements of the Titans that are very good. The defense is really good. The defensive line is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think they are so limited in their receiving core, even with Tannehill in there, yeah. that they're just they're a good team that's going to get to the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to win very much. Could be. I think their ceiling is, like if things bounce their way, they might end up in the AFC Championship. That, that's a good way to point it. I feel like they had a very low ceiling. Yeah. Uh, they might they might get one win, but they, if they face like a solid team like the Bills or the Chiefs, I think they're going to get rolled. It's just like, it would be such a major upset at this point in the season if the Bills and Chiefs did not end up in the AFC Championship game. Because the, the, the gap after those two is so vast. Yeah. Even the Ravens looked like, they looked bad today. Yeah. Uh, Unless the, Lamar Jackson's had like a surprisingly bad stretch of games here. He's been, been pretty quiet. It was like Justin Fields kind of like snatched the like running quarterback the only one. chain from him, and now he can't do it. I don't know. Okay, are you prepared to hear the Patriots wins? In sequence, these are the six teams that the Patriots have beaten this year: the Steelers, bad; the Mitch Trubisky Steelers, I might add, extra bad; the Lions, bad; the Browns. The Jacoby Brissett Browns. Bad. The Jets. Turns out bad. Zach Wilson Jets. The Colts. Bad. And then the Jets again. <laughs> it's really so, funny. Like This is the best Jet season in a long time. You still got swept by the Patriots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I feel extremely confident in me calling the Patriots complete frauds. They have beaten exactly nobody that's good. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sneak. They might win the. They might get into the playoffs. Let me look at their upcoming schedule. Uh, you know what? It, it actually stiffens up quite a bit. They, I don't. They probably won't make the playoffs. So yeah, you heard it here first. Patriots sink. Uh, I still. It's still a mystery to me if the Dolphins are actually good. Uh, and that that is mostly based on the mystery of whether Herbert's actually not Herbert. Whether two is actually good. That was a bit of a Freudian slip you just had there. Because they could have had Herbert. I know. And that's honestly like that would have been a, like a much better situation for Dustin Herbert. Yeah. In hindsight. Uh, okay. I mean, Dolphins have they're a pretty bad franchise too. I guess that's true. They, they've got lost picks for trying to tank, so yeah, they're pretty bad. This is a good chance to remember that the Dolphins really don't deserve good things because they they their plan was to have Tom Brady come in as quarterback and Sean Payton as their coach. Actually, no, no, no. It was even dumber than that. It was going to be like Tom Brady comes in as general manager and then Tua sucks enough that he's like, you know what? I'm going to lay some work up. I'm going to play for the, the Dolphins. It, it like, sounds like a, like a cowboy movie. sounds like a Florida fever dream, but yeah, it was actually correct. This is document like reliable sources. Yeah, this actually happened. Yeah, so they they should not deserve to have a good team. It's it's 
it's wild to me. After that being their idea. I, yeah, I think the Dolphins are pretty good. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really trust Tua. I, I just don't. I, he, he has so many plays where there are turnovers or should be turnovers. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think their defense is pretty bad. Too. He's one of those who you don't watch him and you read the statistics. Yeah. You think, hey, he's pretty good. You watch him, you realize mm, he might be okay. I really feel like the Dolphins are going to run into somebody. I feel like they're going to run into a team like the Titans mm-hmm. that like, has a really good defensive coaching staff and knows how to game plan against you and just like come, come out completely flat and just have nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If they, if they ever ran into a team with uh, that can play the, the shell defense and has four elite pass rushers, they're probably cooked. That's the Titans. You yeah. know what? I want to I get out ahead of this take right now. Oh, boy. I think the Dolphins and the Titans are going to play on wild card weekend. And the Titans are going to beat them up. It's going to be just like a brutally physical game and win. That would fit. Upset. Write it down. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Titans over Dolphins, wild card weekend. We, we, we will look back on this take, wild card weekend. I will. I look forward to it. Yeah. Look forward to being correct yet again. Yet again. I don't think I have any other hot takes in the league. Yeah, you're right. It, it feels like that gap between the Bills and the Chiefs and the other teams in the AFC just keep getting wider. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you look at the, the competitions, like the Ravens, the Bengals. Like, everyone else in the league, it's like whack-a-mole. It's like, oh, hey, maybe the Ravens are good. Nope. Oh, hey, maybe the Dolphins are really good. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe it's the maybe it's the uh, Eagles. Almost lost the Colts. Do you think the Browns have any chance when Sean Watson comes in? Because I think this week he's going to be back Any now. chance of what? Like winning a game? Making the playoffs. Oh, no. Oh, no. The three and seven. No. You're right. They probably have to like run the table to even make the playoffs. So Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in like four years. Yeah. Something in I think I think that's a very good point. The whole world knows he's a pervert now, so it's gonna be really hard to play in front of people. It's been so long since he played football and I kinda thought he was overrated to begin with. It would not shock me if he comes in and is not that much better than like the, the only player who's been able to come back after that long stretch, and it's ironic, is Michael Vick. Oh. He came back after like serving like three years in prison and was great for Andy for Andy Reid. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. There's just not hardly any of these teams I feel very confident that they could beat the Bills or the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Okay, feels like we have talked enough. I'm getting a little sore throat here, so I guess we got to wrap it up. Yep. Any uh, any last thoughts for the people? What about one last hot take for the road? Take it with you. Okay, this is a this is a spicy one. You ready? Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty three. Chiefs leading receiver. Yeah. There is Tony. Oh, that is so spicy. Yeah. Also, why don't you like Juju anymore? I do. Let's think. Uh, Juju's <laughs> getting okay. Receptions goes to Juju. Yardage goes to Tony. Mm-hmm. Also, whatever people keep saying, like Kadarius Tony, like just saying Tony. I think they're talking about some dude named Tony. That's like, true. Who's Tony? Like, T-O-N-E just feels like a completely different person than Kadarius Tony. Let's call him Tony. Kadarius Tony. All right, my hot take. Mm-hmm. And this is tough right now. This is, you really got to gird your loins before issuing this take. Girded. I still think Justin Fields stinks. Oh, that's not that, that's not that strong to me. Really? Okay, yeah. so you're, you're already kind of on the same. That's a, that's a very hot take for most people. And don't get me wrong, he's a tremendous runner in the open field. But until he can show that he can be like an NFL quarterback throwing the ball, 
it, I just it's not gonna it's not gonna matter. No, no. I'm, he I'm, he could win like a stretch of games, but even like the very very best version of that that we've ever seen was like Lamar Jackson, and even that, I mean, limitations are there. Yeah, has not made it to the AFC Championship. Had one fantastic year, won the MVP, um, with very little playoff success to show for it. Uh, yeah, NFL history is littered with quarterbacks you could run really really well and could not pass. So he's going to have a lot of highlights this year against get a lot of garbage time stat stuff, but I still think he stinks. Yeah. Also, Zach Wilson stinks, and goodness, heaven help me if I ever find myself in a situation where I have to root for the Jets again. I had to do that well, Sunday afternoon. You should never. It was the most depressing thing. That was like the most boring, painful game to watch. Is this podcast basically become like us being rich folk who are like laughing at all these other pathetic players and teams? Bit. How bad they are. A little bit. I don't. I will say it wasn't last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was like rich folk who weren't quite as rich as they've been in the past. It's kind of years. an Arrested Development situation. Yeah, a little bit. Where it's like, ah, this this sucks being an average team for yeah. stretches, of, and then we still get to the you know championship and post it. I don't apologize at all. I've earned it's this true. privilege. No apologies here. Yeah. So all in right. conclusion, Mahomes is awesome. Kelsey is awesome. The Chiefs are awesome. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. listening to another episode of chiefs bros subscribe to the show on itunes and follow us on twitter at chiefs bros we'll talk to you later